Hello and welcome to KMUK's Kind to Your Mind podcast. There's no two ways about it. This year has been hard. We're all doing our best, whether that's struggling homeschooling and Zoom calls, filling our time on furlough or going into work every day to keep the country moving. When you're having a tough time, it's pretty tempting just to retreat into yourself and feel like you're the only one struggling. Spoiler alert, you're not. And that's what this podcast is all about opening up and sharing about a variety of topics to make us all feel a little less alone. There's power in talking, so let's chat. We'll cover everything from how to support a colleague or friend, personal stories of living with mental health problems, and a variety of general wellbeing topics like domestic abuse and neurodiversity. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to another KNUK Kind to Your Mind podcast. My name is Joe Bunker and I'm part of the UK wellbeing team. Today we'll be talking to Murray Gascoigne about his approach to wellbeing in the workplace and his views on how to make a positive difference to the way people are thinking, interacting and feeling. So welcome Murray and thank you for agreeing to do this. Please can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why wellbeing and being kind to your mind is important to you? Uh, so firstly, hi Joe, thank you very much for that warm welcome. So um, I am Murray Gascoigne. Uh, just taken over as the Director of Contract Logistics for UK. I've been with Kuninagel since 2004, which is the pre-ACR buyout. I've always been in contract logistics. I've just spent the last five years in Canada. And I think my uh, experience of Canada was really where I started to get attuned to having this this need and this requirement to being uh, cognizant and to being aware of how important it is to create safe working environments. So in Canada, they are much more advanced, or the, the perception is to me as coming into Canada from the UK is that they were much more advanced in their thinking and their embracing of mental health and mental well-being. And I think that, you know, if people are of sound mind, then you're going to get the best out of them. And that, that's really interesting, your observations about um, how prominent that, fe- that that kind of culture featured within your experience in Canada. What observations, Murray, have you had around the way you can bring value in your leadership style to help people feel more at ease and more comfortable mentally at work? That's a big question, Joe. Okay. It is a big question. Sorry. We can break no, it no, down. No. So, so let, me, let me start with me then. What, what is meaningful to me? Because hopefully, you know, the objective of, of leadership is finding a way to help people identify with maybe what's meaningful to me and how I approach it, and they can find their own way. So my first thing is around, it's the emotional attachment to what I do. So do I have a purpose? So if, if I if I convince myself and I believe that I have a purpose, then that gives me some fulfillment and it gives me a belief that I, what I'm doing is right and that, and that I'm actually, you know, there is an end result attached to what I do. And I think from from all of our perspective, what we've found under COVID is if you operate and you work in supply chains, then you need to feel that you have a purpose because you do. You know, if anything, this has highlighted the importance of what we do, regardless of what the customer is, regardless of what vertical you operate in. You know, the biggest impact outside of, you know, the frontline forces in the in the medical the medical sort of industry has been supply chain. So it's really yeah. elevated the, the importance of what we do. So you know, that that gives me a sense of purpose, the fact that, 
you know, I'm associated and aligned with something that is extremely important in this environment. So that's the first thing. And then I look at what we actually do. So not just the fact that what I do has a purpose. I look at what we do as an organization. And if you look at the UK organization, if you look within contract logistics, we're actually doing some very, very significant and meaningful things to contribute towards battling COVID, you know, the the NTP stuff, which is phenomenal. So again, you know, I would urge people mentally to to understand that they are part of that, that they're contributing towards that. And that, you know, what, what they do has an impact on the greater society. So from a, you know, from having direction and from having a purpose, I think that's the first thing. The second thing that I look at is what is within, you know, is my future down to me? Do I still have an influence? Can I still impact the outcome? Because I think under COVID, everyone is feeling, you know, we're, we're feeling or, or people can be forgiven for feeling that they can't impact the outcome because of the restrictions that are in place. But I think that we need to understand and identify that we have much more things that we can control than we can. And we can have a bigger out, you know, control and input into the outcome than probably what we think we do. So I still have a strong sense that, you know, 2021, Kununagal, uh, contract logistics, our outcomes can still be heavily influenced by us as a team. And I still believe that we can achieve all of our targets. So those are the, the, the two main things for me is one, do I, do I still have a purpose? Absolutely. And I would argue that everyone in, in KN and contract logistics you know, should feel that they have a purpose because they absolutely do. And then the second thing is, is is the future within my gift to influence? Absolutely. So if I have those two things, I, f- I feel comfortable, I feel safe, you know, from a mental perspective, I think I find getting up in the morning easier. There's not a, a dark cloud hanging over me and I still feel positive about the outcomes. So that that for me, if I can help people identify you know, those two things, I see that as the role of, of leadership. And, then, and I appreciate you've only been in the in the UK for um, a short period, but in that time where you might have seen people feeling helpless around those outcomes or feeling powerless, what, what kind of things would you would you suggest? I think what it comes down to is so somehow we have to we have to make people believe that they're not powerless. But I think what it comes down to is an acceptance of we have to change or recalibrate what we believe is tolerant or what we should tolerate from a performance perspective. So when COVID happened, you know, when, when it kind of hit the headlines, the first thing I'd done with my team was got them together and, and, and just said to them, we're going to get some stuff wrong here because we don't know what we're doing. You know, there's, there's too much here. So we're going to get things wrong. We're going to make a lot of decisions we're going to have to make a lot of decisions in a very short space of time and not all of them will be right and that's okay it's okay to get things wrong let's not fear it let's not build up these imaginary walls that we have to deal with let's just keep open dialogue let's talk daily if we get something wrong we can reverse it we'll deal with it when we get there but it was kind of taking you know taking away that stigma attached with with performance anxiety i think that if we can do that for people and create an environment where people understand that there is a tolerance within the organization and enhanced tolerance you know that's a role that we can play to reduce performance anxiety and i think that that will help people understand or feel you shouldn't be ashamed or feel guilty of turning your laptop off at night and and leaving the challenge where it is until the next day does that make sense yeah it does 
I've fallen into that trap a lot myself, Joe. I think we've had conversations where you've told me that you have, where yeah. sometimes it's, and it, for whatever reason, we don't know what's driving it, but we can't just turn it off, leave it, and then come back to it. But I think it's actually, we should encourage it. We, we, you know, we need to encourage people to get away from the laptops. Yes. Not be attached to the phone 24 hours a day. Yeah, I agree. And it's um, sometimes it's a, it's something that just happens accidentally, little bit by little bit, incrementally, um, to let, um, let yourself almost live at work because there's that degree, particularly if you're home working. And for those that are, that are operating on site through necessity because it's critical, that's much clearer definition isn't it than those that are working at home and that's where we quite often see the slip particularly in this lockdown environment you talked to me in the past Murray about the value that you personally feel around you know, saying good job and the positive affirmation you talked about performance anxiety what's your views around that recognition well, I don't think we can ever do enough it doesn't take a lot to do you just have you know just recognize someone if they do something you know, well done. How, how difficult is it to say that? To make someone feel that they have done something good and that they belong and that they're contributing positively. I mean, I, we can't do enough. What about, I mean, we've talked before about positive, the use of positive language, but also body language. And um, one thing I've really noticed about you, Murray, is that um, you talked about contagion of positivity. And when you join a Zoom call, you can be easily very affected by the person on the other side of that video presenting a stressed version of themselves. And you, you take on a level of that stress. If you join a call and somebody's relaxed or they're smiling, that can become contagious. And I notice that you're always very relaxed. I don't know if that's a, a very deliberate or conscious thing because you know the contagion, but it really invokes the question for me about what you find lifting in others and what keeps you in that kind of state. I don't know if it's a conscious thing to be relaxed. I think, it, in my case, I think it's just natural. <laughs> But what I would say is what I respond well to is people smiling, is people making jokes, is people, you know, the, the work that we do is very, very serious. That will never go away. And, and we have to be, we have to treat it with the respect that it deserves. But it's OK as well to smile at each other. And it's OK to, to just have a laugh about something before we get into the serious stuff and, the you know, the, the stuff that's really going to consume our attention. So that's that's what I respond well to, and and hopefully you know I create I can create an environment where people feel comfortable smiling. That's all it is for me. But that's what I respond well to. If you want my time, get me on a Zoom and smile at me. <laughs> Julie noted lots of smiling, but I do find it makes a difference myself on, on calls to open up with a smile and to just take a minute to take an interest or have a little joke. And um, yes, I, I you know it's it's. It's a sense of purpose, but there's also, it's the people you work with, isn't it, that keeps part of the enjoyment and driving the job. What's your experience so far of, of Zoom and, the, you know, and how to help people who might be feeling a bit of Zoom fatigue? Don't feel guilty about shortening Zoom calls. Don't feel guilty about managing your calendar and not, you know, fitting in 14 Zoom calls a day. You can tap out, you know, you've got to listen to your body, you've got to listen to your mind, and you've got to, you know, we, we pay people to manage 
So manage yourself, manage your time. But I think it's a, it's like anything, Joe, it's a balance. Yeah, in, in moderation. One of the things, and it's great that we've been piloting some initiatives around zoom fatigue and contract logistics. And one of the pieces of feedback that we've had that's been really, really effective, and it'd be great if um, people were more conscious about doing this, is on a Zoom meeting, you see a picture, a video of yourself reflected back. If you think that in the context, you're sitting in a normal meeting, how often would you have a mirror right in front of you? And how off-putting would you find that? And it's so easy to, to just right-click on the video of yourself, hide self-view, and instantly that takes a level of psychological stress away. And we found that feedback as we've been rolling out this Zoom fatigue initiative in contract logistics has been quite a useful piece of feedback so um, I know as a strong advocate of care um, and the principles around care um, what else do you think is beneficial to bringing um, you know good and positive morale to the business and um, creating an uplifting environment that people feel motivated in I think if we if we tie it back to what I was saying at the start in terms of what how I cope with you know the mental element of what we're going through and and uh, how I stay positive in leadership was around having a purpose and feeling that I can influence the outcome of of things. Where we can do that uh, on a site level is is the care competitions, and I think that really helps people you know identify and cement those two two elements. And it's something that we we had a lot of in Canada was just creating those little competitions across the sites. Uh, and it really helped people feel engaged, but also gave them a purpose. So it's about creating that kind of positive energy. Absolutely. What about the power of staying connected and what being what connection might look like under the current circumstances? Well, I think I think there's probably two pos- there's two messages in there, isn't there? One is find time to stay, to, you know, to talk to people on a one-on-one. Don't just assume that people are getting through the days because they're working and because they're available, it doesn't mean that they're actually coping. Mm. Um, but the other one is enhanced touch points just to make sure. Well, it offers people the opportunity to affirm what they're doing because mm. there's a lot of uncertainty around. So more touch points means more alignment, means everyone's moving in the right direction. So it's using those tools that we've got now that people are more accessible through Zoom. to think what good connection feels like and looks like for you and for the others that you work with. Okay, well, thank you very much, Marie. Your insights today have been really, really helpful and I really appreciate um, you sharing your views and how things uh, you've experienced things yourself. Thoroughly enjoyed that, Joe, thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, thank you.